Let us pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for loving us so much that on that holy, blessed night over 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, you came down to earth and the little baby boy Jesus so that we could uh, be saved and be restored to you and that salvation would be made available to us through Jesus' life, his death on the cross, and his resurrection from the dead. And Lord, thank you for leaving us your holy word. Lord, and I just pray as we um, look at your, your gospel that you will speak to all of us, Lord, um, today um, and continue to speak to us and continue um, to just uh, set our hearts on fire and give us a desire for more and more of you, dear Lord, as we grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. And I just pray, Lord, that you will speak uh, through me uh, to your people here now. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated and good morning. And to those I didn't see on uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Merry Christmas. And it is great uh, to be with you. And this Christmas season is a, it's, uh, it's a it's a favorite season. I know it's one of my favorite seasons, and I think it is for a lot of people. And it's the season where we really, and then Advent that we just finished, where we come through and, and we, we, you know, one of the messages is hope and love and, and peace and joy. Um, and, you know, in this life, you know, we find these things, but we also often don't find these things, and, and that can vary by, by person, by family, um, certainly by, by nations, um, because, you know, as in the midst of this world that God created, everything's not as God would have it to be, because we know that there is sin and darkness in many places. So in this world that we live, where do we find hope in our world and in our lives? Love. And peace, because things are not often filled with that at, at different times. And Israel had a lot of dark periods. And I just, the, the Christmas um, service readings from Isaiah 9 kind of describes, you know, speaks of the setting is when um, the northern kingdom, because Israel had the 12 patriarchs, the, the sons of Jacob, and they were 12 tribes. And then, unfortunately, they divided up into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And both kingdoms were wiped out by the empires of the day. The northern kingdom, ten of the tribes, with their capital city in, in Samaria, the Assyrian Empire wiped them out from 733 to 722 B.C. And then 140 years later, in 587 the Babylonian Empire defeated Judah and Benjamin, the two tribes that remained, which included Jerusalem, and they destroyed the city of Jerusalem and God's temple that was in Jerusalem. But Isaiah prophesied to his Hebrew readers in Isaiah chapter 9 that God would deliver Israel and bring them out from the land of darkness into light. And those are the scriptures Israel had, but centuries passed. 700 plus years passed and Israel remained in darkness 
And as time approached Jesus' birth, as the calendar switched from B.C. before Christ to A.D. Israel, they were not a free people. They lived under the rule of the Roman Empire. And as Father Jose said either last week or the week before, they were, King Herod was the one who was appointed to rule on behalf of the Romans over Israel and Judea. And they, didn't, they, they hated King Herod because he was not Jewish. He was a, an Edomite. But worst of all, God hadn't spoken through one of his prophets. He hadn't sent a prophet to speak to Israel for over 400 years since Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament that we have, and one of, if not the last, prophet. So there was a lot of darkness before Jesus was born. And there's a lot of darkness and sin that has continued to this day in, in our nation. We're not that old as a nation, 200 and... 40-plus years, but we've had. There's a lot of great things about this country, but there's also a lot of bad things. In the Civil War, the nation north and south were fighting, and, and slavery, one of the worst periods of our country's history, was the cause of that, of that war. But unfortunately, as we know, discrimination has persisted. Our president was just impeached. You often, it's often said that we are a nation divided, but thankfully we're not you know, physically fighting. But we look around, in our country we have you know, murders, crime, things like that, and in our world, persecution, terrorism, hunger, homelessness. And we have that in our nation, and, and none more than in California and in Los Angeles. And as the next presidential election Approaches in 2020, I long for a great leader to be our next president, but I'm not hopeful that we will find him or her. But even if we did, no matter whom we choose, every candidate is only a human being, just like you and me, and we're filled with our human limitations and our sin. So in our world, of darkness and sin and, and all kinds of other things, where do we go to find hope, love, and peace? And what did God's people say? I didn't hear you. Where do we go? Jesus. We go to God. And Christmas is the time and the season where we celebrate that glorious night 2,000 years ago when the light of God came into the world. In Bethlehem, when baby Jesus was born in a lowly manger, just as God had planned and He had prophesied in the Old Testament. And I, I love the, that song, O Holy Night, because it speaks about a lot of this, and certainly that O Holy Night, that O Night Divine, when Christ was born and, and came into this world. But our Gospel today in John... He doesn't open by telling the story of Jesus' birth like Matthew and Luke do. And in fact, he doesn't talk about Jesus being born at all because Jesus, the man, God in the flesh, his first actual physical appearance in John's Gospel 
in John 1, verses 29 to 31, he is already an adult. And he's going to begin his three-year ministry. And John the Baptist introduced him when he saw him coming towards him. And John said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then I'll skip over, and then he goes, I did not know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. John's purpose was to prepare the way for Jesus and to proclaim him. So John, he doesn't talk about baby Jesus, but actually he goes back to the beginning of the world when God created the heavens and the earth. And he stated that Jesus, the Word, as he describes Him, and I'm not even sure, does he even mention, I don't think he mentioned, yeah, he does in verse 17. It's the first time he mentions you know, Jesus by name. He calls Him the Word, that the Word was with God in the beginning, and the Word was participating in the creation of all things. And in verse 3, he says this, all things were made through Him, the Word, and without Him nothing was made that was made. So Jesus was there from the beginning. So many sermons can be preached on John chapter 1, and actually Father Jose preached on John chapter 1, but my, I will be dealing with different verses than what he did. And that's good because this actually is kind of the service I always lead the Sunday after Christmas. Father Jose's worked hard in Advent and up through Christmas, and so this is the reading every single year. So I don't know. I'm coming up probably on almost 10 sermons on John chapter 1. So it's a good thing that, um, you know, that you can preach a lot of different things because I know I have, probably have somebody who has a really good memory, so they might be able to tell. You know, I think Father Steve preached this in 2016. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him afterwards. He didn't, he didn't do his homework. Oh, I guess we got Jenny. Okay. So, no, actually, the, this one, I didn't even look at what I did before. So, but today, um, I'm not going to preach all the sermons that, that could be preached on this because I know that, uh, you know, there, I don't know if anybody will be left and I'll have to close up the church and I don't know how to do that. So, and I don't want to do that. So, I will, I will stick to maybe, I will stay on just maybe three main points. And the things I want to point up are First, that Jesus, the Word, brought life and light to men. Second, Jesus gave all people the opportunity to become children of God. And finally, Jesus revealed God the Father, whom no person had ever seen. So, life and light. I want to start there. Jesus makes eternal life with God available to all people. And the Greek word that is used... Here in, verses, in verse 4, in Him was life. Zoe refers to the supernatural life that belongs to God. God the Father's life, He has put His life in His Son, Jesus Christ. And the good news of the Gospel is that Christ shares God's divine life with us through faith in Jesus Christ. And this life, John goes on to say that Christ brings to us is the light of men, of humans, male and female. 
Christ's light enables people to see God and to know that God is at work in the world. And Christ shows us God's life and the kingdom of God, that God's life and His kingdom are the true source of light and life in our so often dark and sin-filled world. The light of Christ, John says, shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Sometimes we're faced at times when the darkness seems to be overcoming you know, all light. But John tells us here that darkness can never win out, no matter how bad things look. And that light of Christ is the reason and the way that Stephen Rometty's family, our beloved Stephen, who was our worship leader for over 11 years, can overcome their incredible grief over losing Stephen at the age of 46 to cancer. And as Tanya was singing, Oh, Holy Night, I'm sure, and I don't know whether it was last year or the year before, because I've asked Tanya to sing this, because until this year we often wouldn't sing that, Oh, Holy Night, on Christmas Eve. And I remember, I think the first time that Tanya sang it, Stephen probably played the piano while you know, she sang that. And the light of Christ, I, I know for me, when I... When my mother died and my dad's uh, beloved wife over 12 and a half years ago, it was the light of Christ that, was, that helped in the grieving process. Because losing a dear family member is as hard of a thing as we go through in our life here on earth. And, and other tragedies. And it, it, can, be, it can be so difficult. Um, you know, no matter what we face. And it was... Um, as I'm preaching this sermon, we actually had a visitor at the 8 o'clock service who was, I've not seen her before, but she was blind. And so what, it was great what uh, um, the usher and, and another congregant, after, as we were going to go th- you know, prepare for communion, they went up to her and held her hand and then brought her up you know, for, for communion. Because when I talk about this darkness, there's a person who at least can't physically see and what that's like and one of the the person the man who held her hand you know afterwards we just talked about that and tears came you know to his eyes so life is is difficult and jesus knows that and god knows this because god walked this earth with the human limitations that that we all had even though he was god and he did incredible things and taught as no other human had taught because he was God, but he stayed within the limitations of the human body. So the light of Christ is our true hope. And it's our nation's hope. It's individuals' hope. Our world's greatest hope to overcome the problems you know, we face. And the light of Christ is shining this Christmas there's an example, there's a, a church in Eagle Rock where I live, and I actually, they hold their Christmas services the weekend before because they've kind of outgrown their building and, they don't real, and their parking lot, so they don't want to disturb their neighbors on Christmas Eve and day because that's a time with family visits. So I was at their service, and then they talked about how the church had collected over $50,000 and and I don't know how they decided to do this, but they, they took the 
took 28 neighborhoods where, that had the most people who went to their, to their church, and they decided, they, they did research, and they found that there were, there were approximately 5,500 families who had crippling medical debt. These are low-income families, and they worked with a nonprofit called Rest in Peace, RIP, medical debt. And so they bought this medical debt with that $50,000, a penny on the dollar. I don't know how they make that work. So that this family, all these families' debts could be wiped out. The, the calls from debt collectors would stop, and the church was going to send, they were going to be receiving, last, uh, or this past week, letters informing them that their debt was forgiven in Jesus' name. And the pastor said, all we want is we want their debt to be forgiven and we want them to see the light of Christ through this act of mercy and grace that the Lord Jesus Christ had put in their hearts and minds to, to do. Just an incredible, imagine and, and hopefully you know, people's lives not ch- are changed beyond just having that debt burden you know, relieved from them. When we believe, if we believe in Jesus, Jesus Christ lives inside of us and His light is within us. And His light is God's light that shines on us to enlighten us about the ways of God and to experience God's life, His love, His joy, and His peace and to share His light with others. We give back. That's one way we give back what what God and what Christ has given to us. And John the Baptist was our first great example in the Bible of a person wholly committed to testifying about Jesus Christ. He lived a, it sounds like to me, a very a difficult life. And as we know, he got his head you know, whacked off because of his faith in God and, and Jesus Christ. And, and he was so wholly committed to fulfilling his purpose, which was to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah. So this light of Christ, there's nothing greater in the world. So how do we receive the light of Christ that shines in the darkness? Verse 12 of John chapter 1 says it's as simple as believing in Jesus' name. John says, To all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Receiving the light of Christ lets one become a child of God. God. Because he goes on, he goes, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. And then verse 13, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Receiving Christ lets us become a spiritual child of God. And those the other things that I, that I read, it, it's kind of saying that, you know, it's not about our, our physical birth because in one sense God is the father of all humans because we were all created in God's image but that physical birth does is doesn't just then make us a spiritual child of God we become a child of God when we believe and place our faith in Jesus and accept all that Jesus's name declares him to be and this part that of God you know, speaks to the fact it's not just something that, that we do. Yes, we have to 
make that decision and then we have to choose that we are going to believe in Jesus and to follow him, although God pursues us. This is what God most wants for all of us. So there's a part where he really initiates the process. So it's kind of a, you know, there's, there's two things involved, but, but God is really the one. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I, God helped me to come into, you know, to, to, to believe in Jesus. And it wasn't anything I did. God had to move me from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to New York City. And those are two very different places. And I had even said in 1988, the first time I visited New York to my sister, after about three days and it was time to go visit our relatives, I couldn't wait to get out of here. And I said, I cannot imagine living in this place. Two years later, that was where I was living. But that's where I came to know Jesus. And I could go on. There were people who connected me. And also there's people who've connected me to coming you know, to this church. I, I didn't find that myself. And a lot of this stuff, the peace, the love, the joy, the hope that, that, that Christ brings, that's, that's not something that we can just grab onto by ourselves. I mean, we, we participate in the process, but we can't manufacture that. And I don't know how all that, all that works. Because I didn't always, and certainly I, I, I had a good life in Milwaukee, but I did not have the peace of Christ inside of me. And it wasn't until moving to a place that was much more disruptive for me, New York, that was really where I came to find the peace of Christ. So we are children, of, we can be children of God when we believe and that light of Christ, we can receive it and it, it shines upon us and then it, it shines out. And that all happens because Jesus revealed God, the Father, to us because None of us have ever seen, and John says, no one has ever seen God. And it happened because in verse 14, the Word, who was God, became flesh and lived as a human being among us. Because Jesus was both God and man and was filled with the glory of God, He revealed God to us. Jesus' followers and, and, and others, I'm sure, could see the real presence of God and the glory of God in Jesus. And where Jesus was different from the God of the Old Testament is that he lived continuously with the people that he was with and, and in you know, Israel because he could be physically seen with all the people he had come into contact with. He lived for 33 years and especially those three years of his public ministry. Whereas God only appeared at various times to people and to Israel for the 2,000 years or more prior to that. And, you know, one of the ways is in the Old Testament, after God had delivered the people of Israel from slavery to the Egyptians at the Red Sea, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And remember how God appeared to them in a pillar of cloud during the day and fire at night. And then He was also in the tabernacle, the thing that they carried around to worship God. And then God primarily spoke through Moses while they were in the wilderness. And then Aaron you know, got to be involved in that because Moses said he wasn't as eloquent, so God gave him Aaron you know, to speak for him. And then they, they heard what God spoke to them. But when Jesus came, he was available to all of us. And Jesus today remains with us. We have 
God's Word, and we have the Holy Spirit to reveal God to us. This God-man Jesus coming into the world 2,000 years ago as God in a human body gave Israel then and us today reasons to rejoice. As the words of O Holy Night declare, the weary world rejoiced on the night of our dear Savior's birth. There was a thrill of hope as the light of our Lord shined in the darkness on that starry night. Jesus knew our need for hope, love, and peace to overcome our sinful human condition. While living as a man, Jesus showed God's love for man by meeting people's physical needs through acts of healing and providing both physical and spiritual food to eat. Jesus showed us how to live for God. He also revealed our need to believe in His holy name, to be saved from sin against God, and to live in the very presence of God on this earth and forever. Ultimately, Jesus performed the greatest act of love for the human race by willingly dying on the cross for our sins so that salvation would be made available to every person. This is one of the great meanings of Christmas, a sermon that, that I heard over 20 years ago back in the Milwaukee area. The preacher, he used the main part of his sermon that he used was what Christmas stands for, those, the seven letters of Christmas, Christ has really invaded Satan's territory, making available salvation. Because that's what Christ did. And all we have to do is believe in his name. This is the gospel good news that should cause us to rejoice with praise and thanksgiving to God the Father and to Jesus Christ, his Son. Jesus is the reason for Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the hope the love, the joy, and the peace that God wants us so much to have. And we can't adequately find these things on our own. But we don't have to. We just have to find Jesus and let Him take residence in our heart and allow Him to grow us in Christ-likeness. So this Christmas, please continue to rejoice in Jesus, who is the true source of light and life to people like us everywhere. Amen. Amen.